Podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts. Before we get started with this week's show, first off, let me take this opportunity to welcome back the regular listeners, and if this is your first time listening to the show, I hope you enjoy this episode and decide to subscribe to the show. And today's guest, I've got Declan Doyle. He's the owner of BusyFitParents.com. So thanks again, Declan, for coming on the show. No problem, James. So first question I'd like to ask you, Declan, is um, how you got into personal training in the first place? And what was the catalyst to get you to that point? Uh, yeah, I suppose um, I was into sport, James, when I was younger, I suppose, from the age of 12 onwards. I kind of played a lot of team sports and... Um, yeah, kind of team sports. I've been all around team sports. Team sports. I use a lot of training as well. I suppose when I was younger to kind of um, keep me out of trouble, if you like. And um, yeah, it kind of stayed with me since then. I think being around a team or any environment, it's it certainly can help with kind of the fundamentals you need in life, like being punctual, discipline, work ethic. So for me, any any schooling or education system, you know, for me should make, should make kind of sport be heavily part of um, the curriculum, you know. It just embills all the fundamentals. I think you need a lot of them through life. So, yeah, from a young age, mate. And it's something we talked about briefly off air. Obviously, you've kind of moved away from obviously initially starting off in personal training and more so mm-hmm. moving across obviously to becoming a how would we say it? well how how our paths cross obviously you were, you were my uh tutor obviously on my personal training course now what is it about almost 2 years ago now years ago I'll... yeah we're getting old man <laughs> and obviously now you've moved on to uh, alongside with having this this online business, what as uh, as you probably would attest to, how has the industry changed from when you started to now? Yeah, hugely. I mean, I think the gym scene alone, even even in the last ten years. I mean, when I was fifteen, sixteen, like the gym was for all the rich kids. You know what I mean? Because like the whole idea for having a pool and being able to join a gym and pay such and such amount was kind of unheard of, you know what I mean? So, um, but now I suppose with the commercial gym scene, they're certainly making it a lot easier to join and get involved. Um, so that's one aspect I suppose that has changed, like the commercial side of things. And um, yeah, I would say that it's a lot of it's probably doing to trying to capitalise on, as you well know, the big, like, obesity problem we've got here. Um, disease now is rife in most places in UK so and Europe. So I can certainly see why it's grown commercially and why it's grown from the state of our health climate as well. Okay. And then obviously, as you probably attest to, uh, obviously, there's this growing trend of more and more obviously trainers going on the online. Why, mm-hmm. why, why do you think that? 
we're kind of shying away from the gym a little bit and going more so onto the internet. It's a great point, man. I I think, yeah, it's... I don't think we're shying away from the gym. I think, believe it or not, I think the online thing helps from a convenience point of view if it's the right context. So, for example, most of the people I coach are parents. So coming home from a long day's walk, doing a few school runs in between, um, driving to and from the gym might take two to three hours out of their day, you know? And I think just from a, a family point of view, a lot of people maybe can't carve out that time. So maybe that works from a clientele point of view in the right context. But um, I just think from a trainer point of view, it's one where if you think about it, We've never lived in a time so much where we can communicate on the scale we have. So it makes a lot of sense to me that you're seeing a lot more coaches go online. Equally, I would say one of the biggest issues is a lot of people go online because they think it's just a quick turnaround, you know? So um, that all they have to do is open up their online business and, um, you know, they can turn over like a hundred thousand pound in a couple of months or something, you know? So it still for me needs to be for the right reasons that, you know, you still have to coach, you know, that's what I really like about the PT industry. Like the good coaches deserve everything they get, you know? So, and the coaches that are in it for a quick book, you know, I kind of found out pretty quick, I think, you know, they might be found out over three or four months, but I think like they're, they're playing a short game almost. And it's, it's, it shouldn't really be like that, but that's the trade off we have when we live in a, a society where we can communicate at scale, you know? Okay. And it's obviously one you touch upon, obviously the, 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 the coaches and trainers, that do take that short route. Is it a case of, in some cases, that the trainer is trying to get a foothold in the industry and obviously, because it's obviously in terms of the success rate of trainers that actually succeed, I think it's, what was it, in the first year, I think it's like 85% of people that, that fail. You're thinking, is it in terms of, the how would I put this? Um, would would the training academies be somewhat at fault for that? Obviously, because obviously they don't. I wouldn't. We're trying to not be too politically incorrect. Mm-hmm. They're not that fast if the person succeeds once they finish the course. If you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's. I mean, it's it's probably a catch-22. I mean, I suppose the training academies are providing a platform, you know, for people to kind of fast-track their route into the industry. But I think, yeah, I think people shouldn't be under no illusion that, like any other career, like, you know, if you want to really help people, you need to be consistently learning. You know what I mean? So the top top coaches and the... And the 
top earners in the world, and like there, there's one trend you'll notice between them all is that they're consistently thriving to improve. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose it it kind of swings. I mean, you could bring anything into play in that context. I mean, you could talk about you could talk about the government need to be seen to be putting more people back into work. So there's a pressure to show that's going on. There's a pressure to show that scale. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think. A, a, a lot of it is down to being self-aware of, look, is this really what I want to do? And is this really a thing I can look at it long term? And if and if the answer is yes, then whether you spend four years in university or 12 weeks on a course, you know, if you're passionate about it, you know, you'll come up Trump's either end. You know what I mean? So... For me, it's, yeah, people questioning the process and saying, look, do I really want to do this? And can I look at it as a long-term thing? And and if the answer is yes, then, of course, they should be going all in on that, you know? And then probably to look back on that point you, you were saying, obviously it's probably more of a, a mindset uh, perspective that the coaches probably should look at it. Obviously, you, you touch upon it, that obviously it's looking at it and having a hard look at yourself as to why you want to get into that industry mm-hmm. and obviously what are your reasons behind it be it like you say which is not a good thing obviously about making money uh as opposed to actually wanting which with any health and across the board is obviously looking at trying to get people to be the healthier that that they can be, and obviously, it's it's something that my my co- online coach talks to me about. Obviously, it's if you're in it for obviously in terms of say the online training, if you're in it for the money, you're in it for the wrong reasons because obviously sure. if you focus on all of it being all about the money, you're in it for the the wrong reasons as opposed to okay it's it's nice to to be able to get an income uh, for something you enjoy, but at the end of the day, you are trying to help the person the best that you can, um, be it most of the most of the on most occasions it would be either predominantly weight loss. You're trying to get them out of generally a rut that they're stuck in because obviously uh, it's obviously a big one nowadays. Obviously you've got countless uh, ways that you could lose weight, be it diets uh, and any such thing. And obviously uh, it's something I touch upon on other podcasts. Um, It's obviously for me yo-yo diet and obviously you're going to lose the weight as obviously research will prove no matter what term on quote diet you go on because obviously it's a calorific uh, restriction yeah. restric- restriction because obviously if you eat less and you exercise more or you eat less and you do more activity you're going to lose weight no matter what you eat obviously mm-hmm. in the short term there's no problem with that but obviously long term Say the 
free, say, for example, free from ranges, say, uh, for example, something you touched upon, uh, I think, a few weeks ago on your Facebook Live streams, obviously, with uh, and gluten-free is probably a massive one at the moment. Obviously, with people, obviously, who don't have celiac disease, eating those products mm-hmm. and not knowing uh, that it's got within them, obviously, higher... Um, concentration of sugar, salts, obviously for the taste. Whereas if they just eat normal food, they wouldn't have that issue with the increased sugar and salt intake. Yeah, I agree. I think it's um, look, it's it's all self awareness, isn't it? It's all like you know, and you touching it there by saying, you know, are you doing it for the right reason? So whether you're a coach or whether you're a person trying to make or improve your health. So you've got to question that process is why am I actually doing it? And yeah, that's a good point. I suppose you can lose weight, you know, as long as you're eating less and expending more energy, then research tells us you'll use, you lose a certain amount of weight for a certain period of time, but it's always going to be why and what is the behavior behind losing that weight and consistently sustaining that and more importantly are you happy in that process over a long period of time so for me yeah in this day and age if there's one thing I think people are going to be talking about a lot more now is kind of auditing your own behavior you know where 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 am I now in relation to the change cycle you know and uh I talked about this last week on my own live stream. I just, you know, not enough people now are questioning and were like, where, where is my change mindset now? So, like, easy example. If if you've been on a diet, yo-yo diet, off a diet, binging on a diet, yo-yo diet, and you've been doing that for 20 years, you know, well, you've, you've probably created 20 years of habits that are really on automation now so that won't change going on the next diet in a week or Mm. two you know so you've got to be really self-aware you've got to audit your behavior and you've got to really meet yourself where you are you know i tell clients that a lot you know meet yourself where you are now and at least if you start there you're starting in the place where you are and not where you want to be from a visual point of view so um I think a lot more. I think a lot more people need to talk about that. It is tough to break through the clothes because there'll be a new fad come around at Christmas time, and there'll be three or four fads after it. But it's up to us as coaches, I suppose, to start um, to start talking more about it. Certainly, you know. And um, I think as soon as people do start realizing, the penny will drop for a lot of people. And it's probably one of the things I brought up in an earlier podcast, obviously, with mindset. It's probably something that the fitness industry uh, probably shies away about, shies away yeah. from. And obviously, we're all about, obviously, improving the cardiovascular system and the aesthetic look of people. But we don't generally touch upon, as as we were talking about, that mindset aspect of people's behaviors and obviously at the end of the day if you don't change 
the the behavior of somebody they're going to be stuck in that it's, vicious cycle it's, forever I, I, it's 100% I mean I couldn't agree more I mean it's like we know from science that the brain automatically wants easy to make easy decisions day in day out so if your behavior has been making like decisions that take you away from improving your health, then that's what the brain knows now for a period of time. So in order to get out of that rut, as you said, you've got to look at it and go and make it a transitional phase. So it's not going to be an easy jump to go from doing no exercise training or doing no cooking for yourself or doing no shopping for yourself for 20 years and expecting it all to gel in in week one of January 1st, you know? So... Um, yeah, it's it's something that the fitness industry, I think, will focus a lot more on, and you'll probably see a lot more on the psychological part of coaching, I would think, in the next couple of years. And um, they, I think that's where it needs to go, yeah. Because if, if this whole joining a gym worked so much, you know, and we have more gyms more than ever... And it's so cheap to join a gym. So if all this exercise stuff worked so much, then why have we obesity has never been so high? Why is depression never been so high? Why is mental illness never been so high? You know, it's people aren't focusing on mindset an awful lot. So um, it's certainly a place where I think fitness needs to go next. Certainly, it's probably well. It's probably maybe apparent more so. As I don't, I wouldn't know if it would go be the next few years. Obviously, it's coming. It's coming. I I think obviously, obviously, like you say, there's trends with fitness, and obviously, uh, they come things come and go in terms of what's new, uh, and then obviously there's the cycles of things coming in and out of fashion, and I think obviously what I've seen from Obviously, I'm speaking to other trainers and having guests on on the show. Obviously, it's a, a massive thing with the, the behavior of individuals uh, relating to uh, not f- just not just fitness, but obviously nutrition as well. And obviously, I, I think probably, but in terms of what I see, is obviously probably Europe and Britain are maybe a little bit further behind than say. From my my understanding and talking to, to other coaches, obviously, say um, the 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 American continent and obviously uh, <laughs> Asia, they're a little bit further ahead in terms of that aspect of the fitness industry, and obviously, like speaking to coaches, obviously they're they're looking to obviously bring their businesses into the European market to bring that into more apparent and obviously uh you've got obviously psychological retreats and things of that nature so it's probably yeah man i think i mean it's always i mean practices of being self-aware has always been there so like yoga meditation like that goes back hundreds of years right so it's always been there to start 
taking a deep breath, questioning yourself, what's going on around you. But I suppose from a coaching perspective, the problems coaches have and, and I mean, people have is how do you coach that in to your life to make it effective? So that's where I think, yes, you might get other countries have kind of put a structure to it. But, oh yeah, there's still, I suppose there's still a part of me that says, you know, coaches need to be doing their utmost to try and look at ways that they can make the intervention with a client that is effective for them. So, and that's the whole idea, right, as you know, of being a personal coach, you know. So, um, yeah, I... I hope it goes there a lot and I, I'm sure you'll start to see a lot of it more around and it's it's certainly people are starting to talk a lot more about how behaviour is so important, you know. So um hopefully, yeah, we start seeing a lot more improvements in it, certainly. And then in terms of obviously we talk about mind mindset. I I, I believe that obviously you've with the online aspect of the coaching, I think you get a little bit more time to uh, set aside time to get to know that person and kind of see how 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 their their behaviour is towards certain things. Whereas in the gym, you've kind of mm-hmm. got that initial consulta- consultation and then you start working with them, but then you've only got that hour to yeah. train with them. And then you've got to kind of say, well, I'll, I'll see you for yeah, example, I, I, once, next week. Yeah. What next week? And so you you, you kind of don't get that as much personal connection as you would do online, I believe. And is that something you would probably attest to? Yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly. I mean, I mean, first of all, I know great coaches who are fantastic in the gym and they're like they're fantastic outside the gym and. That's just because they're great coaches, right? So they know the coaching side from inside the gym. They know how to coach mindsets outside when the clients aren't there. But I suppose as an online coach, you probably focus on it a little bit more because, for example, you probably need to drive the person you're working with independently more because you're not in that live play three times a week. So if you write a coaching program for someone and you want them to train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're not really accountable in a gym perspective because you're an online coach, right? So people could really say, yeah, well, I train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but how would you know? So it's certainly one I think you're more conscious of how your impact is because you need them, as I said, you need them to match to yeah, to start making certain behaviours and start making that intervention in their lives to get consistency, right? So mm-hmm. I suppose, yeah, I think it almost makes you a better coach over time, I would imagine, you know what I mean? Because it's something you've really got to drill down into. You know, you've got to really take people to try and instill some form of commitment and some form of consistency to try and get them you know to try and get them in a place where they're happy to go you know so um 
Yeah, it's and here's the thing. I'm no psychologist or no expert. You know, it's all it's as new to me as as anyone. I just know, I suppose, that it's needed. You know what I mean? And if and if there's one thing I spot, I think the whole people being very self-aware now is going to be one of the key triggers in getting people system, uh, you know sustainable change you know it's and it needs to be that because showing up to the gym three times a week won't do it that won't cut it because if that cut it we wouldn't have half the problems that we have now so that's the only place it can go you know so um yeah it's all new and learning as a coach i suppose as well but yeah you consistently try and you you know try and hook at ways where you can help people create that behavior that, as I said, gets them where they want to go. Okay, that's quite an interesting point. And then the last question I'd like to ask you is obviously you focus more on helping uh, busy parents, obviously like like, like your website attests mm-hmm. to. Um, what are some of the tips that you would, well, not just to parents, you could probably say to anybody what would be some of the tips that you would uh kind of suggest on ways to uh not just improve fitness but um general general uh time management type skills and things like that to to obviously when people people say oh i haven't got money to to do fitness what what are some ways they could uh kind of get the grips with their finances and things like that? Cool. I mean, uh, I mean, just to give you some context there, I mean, the whole reason what I, what, why I picked, I suppose, that angle on the industry is, one, I'm a parent myself, so I suppose I can identify with not the struggles, but certainly when you have a child... You've got a little. You've got to be a little bit more productive with your time in order to keep up with your health, right? So, and I struggle with it a lot. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm a tutor and a coach, and I'm into my fitness thing and all that. And but I struggle with it myself. I was like, whoa! I like this is a part of my life that I've never had to do before. So I knew there was something in it because if if I'm feeling that way. And and I'm in the fitness game all my life. Then I can only imagine what people are doing um, that are not into fitness. You know what I mean? So I, it's it's easy to get caught in that rut, as you say, as you know, as a new parent, because the first thing a parent says is always, "Look, the child comes first, You know, my daughter comes first. So they almost become, you know, you don't you become Plan Z now, right? Plan A is you need to look after your family. And that comes first, and that's it. Um, so the number one thing I noticed with myself, I suppose, which which I try and coach in with any new client is, I noticed a lot of my life there was too many distractions going on that I didn't need, right? So I've no doubt people watching this podcast, listening to this podcast, there's certainly areas in their life and things in their life that they can eliminate that they don't really need, right? And 
what I like to use is what we call an 80-20 analysis, right? So, for example, like most things, for example, like in training, for example, right? We might go to the gym maybe two or three times a week, right? Which is only, if you think about it, a small percentage of the time. So it might be two or three hours a week versus the other 100 odd hours. Mm. So, but the response we get from working out in that two or three hours a week can give us lots back, right? And that's only a small percentage to invest. So, I like to get people to take a look at as go is you know of their life and go look what's really the stuff you need and what's really the stuff that's just time consuming and that's you can really either eliminate or automate right and I, I use that term a lot with clients I say why what can we eliminate and what can we automate especially with parent because i'm telling you when you become a parent you love automation so you love things being taken care of for you right so um i certainly get people into that habit of going jesus i don't need five tvs in my house you know i don't need four ipads or i don't need netflix bt three wi-fi you know it's there's certainly things like you can go back to five or six years ago, or even 10 years, it could be 20 years ago, we got on just fine without half the stuff we've got now, you know? So that would be step number one for me, because as, as, as soon as you get into that mindset of like questioning, do I really need all this, or do I really need to invest a lot of time in this, you start, you start to notice little slots open up in your life, right? You know, mm-hmm. you're saving two hours here, three hours here. You're not as stressed now because you don't have much time-consuming tasks. So stress comes down, sleep better. So for me, that's a big trigger for people. It's really like a simple task would be for your audience now, right? Would get out a blank sheet of paper, split it in half and go, write down everything in their life that's either stressful, time-consuming or costly. And then question every one of those points right so question every point say right this is time consuming or this is stressful or this is costing me money can i eliminate it or or can i automate it and i guarantee you there's definitely stuff on that list that they can go you know what i can you know i can chuck this you know so um and i'm constantly doing that and whenever i find myself in a position where I'm starting to cloud judgment, get really busy. I go back and do that time and time again because I know that's one of the biggest, you know, that's one, that's probably one of the biggest issues with people. And um, it's not going to get any easier, right? Because you know we live in a very connected world now, so we live. There's so many places that we can get distracted during our day, you know, whether that's social media or listening to bloody podcasts like we're doing now or. It, there's so many reasons to pull you out of that, what really matters, you know, and there's only a few things in life that really matter, you know, and health is definitely one of them. So that's got to be prioritized. And the only way to get into a habit of prioritizing is 
eliminating stuff that's not contributing towards it, you know. So, um, yeah, that would be tip number one, James, mate. That's some definitely very useful information, and obviously, like you like you say, it's it, it helps alleviate that issue of time management. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's look, it's and people know it. Like it's, I could talk to people, and they know what the issue. So they'll tell me, look, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, but my, your next question is always, well, are you going to take action on it? Then you know, so. It always requires an action step. So people listening to this now need an action step. So no point listening to podcasts and not doing anything about it, right? So take out that blank sheet of paper and actually do the bloody task now. And I guarantee you, you know, even if you take one thing off, that'll be five, ten minutes or twenty pounds saved or you know, and if you get into that mindset, it's amazing where it it can take you, you know. You probably create more time to do stuff you've always wanted, more time for you and your family, you know, more time for your own projects or your own goals in life. It's certainly one that I know if I didn't do, I wouldn't know a near the amount of stuff I know, you know. So, um, yeah, time is, as I say, um, time is the only commodity you can trade. You know, we can trade everything else, but as soon as we give our time away, uh, it's gone. So someone's taken it from us, you know. <laughs> so I was reading a study once, which is interesting. Um, there was this nurse star in Sweden, I think, somewhere where she she was, I think she was in a hospital and she was, um, she interviewed basically patients that were on their bed so they she like her job was in the study to go around and find out what people's last wish was when they're when they were about to die right mm-hmm. and like the number one thing that popped up you know out of all last people's wishes was i wish we had more time you know i wish i had more time but it's too late then, right? You know, I wish I'd done this. I wish I had more time. So the studies are out there to say that people, that time matters. And like, but yes, we go around all day and let people take it from us. You know what I mean? And not just people, but distractions, work, social media, you know, TV. And it'll come to a point where you realize, bloody hell, I should have really cracked down on this. And then it could be too late, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm glad I read that study. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like you say, there's some useful stuff out there. So I think I'll wrap the podcast up for today. So thanks again, Declan, for coming on the show. Cheers, James. It was a pleasure, man. And I'll catch up with you soon. And then if anybody wanted to connect with you via social media and whatnot, what would be the best form of way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, yeah, you can find me um, over at busyfitparent.com and um, I'm on Facebook as well. So um, if you throw my name into Facebook, it's excellent oil, um, I'll pop up somewhere. And um, yeah, feel free to comment, ask questions or whatever you want to do. And um, yeah, let's get connected. So once again, thanks Declan for coming on. 
Cheers, James. I'll catch up with you soon, mate. If you wanted some bonus content, I have now set up a Facebook group where you can interact with both the guests and I. The name of this so-called group is Mindset Game. So why not come over and check it out for yourself? And before I forget, I would really appreciate it if you would be so kind as to leave a short review as it helps to get the podcast more notoriety and it will be more visible in future to others and thus helping more people, which my guests and I are all about. Once again, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time for another episode of the Mindset Game Podcast.